0: Queen's at home, Uh, uh, unfortunately blocking the view of the lovely Buckingham Palace, where some of you may know I was in the gardens actually earlier this year. Blocking the view are a load of marathon, London Marathon Runners. My reference there to the gardens at Buckingham Palace is from an episode of my much-loved podcast, Mr Burt Pods, and not this piece of tutty old rubbish that I get dragged into every two weeks. Welcome to Nothing to See Here with Darren and Stephen. A conversation between two quite brilliant minds, Accolade. London marathon runners who, as usual, are uh, showing off and uh, causing a lot of disruption in the streets of London possibly the number 14551 at the front. Actually looking as if I've got a bit of constipation. Uh, I think that's probably Darren. Am I right?
1: You right about what?
0: You being the constipated person at the beginning at the front of that photograph, on the left.
1: I thought I was quite smiley.
0: Yeah, well, it's that constipation smile, isn't it? Anyway, so you're recording this, so you're going to have to download this and send it to me because I was late. Yeah, you were. Because I've had a busy morning, because I'm back at work. Oh, how's the nativity going? So, should we talk about you
1: and the uh, marathon? No, let's talk, well, only to say thank you to uh, one of our loyal listeners, um, Hita Rayworth, who sent that in, um, which is really beautiful. I mean, I'm slightly perturbed and scared by random listeners finding photos of me running the marathon, but uh, thank you very much, Hita, that's very, very kind. Um, Should we talk about the nativity? Because you've had a busy week, right? Busy couple of weeks. I mean, you've only been on the nativity for a week, but it's a couple of weeks since we've seen each other. How's it going? The nativity.
0: Peter Rayworth.
1: Yeah, the nativity. How's it going? My sneeping rank scented stockfish.
0: Your microphone usually goes wobbly at that point and causes me a load of stress. And it's beautiful this week. That beautiful Shakespearean insult came across loud and clear.
1: I'd noticed there seems to be something kind of a bit Freudian going on with those where they're always a bit mangled.
0: Yeah, it's funny that, isn't it?
1: Yeah. Anyway, how's the... Try and say words, but not quite working. How is the nativity going?
0: So I'm just making a note to cut that singing bit. Uh, the nativity when is... When ever made notes, you can't it's even aus- write. I do notes all the time, but you don't notice. I'm sure there's a gag about
1: adaptation there, but I don't have it right now.
0: It's because Maybe... I'm working on an adaptation, aren't I? Mm-hmm an adaptation of, according to you, the birth of Jesus? Yeah. According to me, it's the adaptation of a book. I mean, some
1: people call it the book or the book. Mm. Um, Let's just call it the nativity.
0: No, when you say let's, uh, you mean you? No, I mean let's. (laughs) So obviously it's not the nativity.
1: Why obviously? I've seen a version of the script, obviously. You sent me a version of the nativity a few months ago uh, for my feedback on, as you do with most of your work, which I'm always touched by. I wish you wouldn't, but I'm always touched by it. Um, Not in the right places. Um, Anyway, so you sent me this nativity and I saw uh, that you've made it like kind of bang on. You've brought it up to date. You've made it like well trendy and you've set it in the hills of Muswell. Uh, It's a lovely idea. I love the scene in Planet Organic Hollywood um that's beautiful and I love the fact that you've used um whatever the little hut is in Highgate Woods uh as as the scene as as you know the scene um I think that's quite cute too anyway my point is
0: did I have a point no so it's interesting with somebody who hates Muswell Hill and obviously has no friends no other friends than me and I'm not really a friend who live in Muswell Hill, you do know an awful lot about its geography. About the hills of Muswell. I like to know my enemies. Uh, So I'm very tired at the moment. I don't remember where the, what, what what. remind me what happens in the scene in Planet Organic, Muswell Hill, Hollywood. The the scene in Planet
1: Organic, that's where the three, in the original story, is where the three kings turned up. But what I really like about what you've done is you've made it, you know, you've made it a bit more trendy and you've got a king and a queen and a non-binary somebody wearing a crown with an alternate sexuality. I think bearing in mind this is a production with four and five year olds, I'm not sure how appropriate this is. Um, you know, bearing in mind that Tories are desperate to bring back stuff from 28. Anyway, so that's the scene in Planet Organic Hollywood. Anything else you want to ask me about your play that you're producing, directing, technically managing, and screwing up it would seem. Uh, at what point was it screwed up? Well, I saw the email of complaint from the parent of the school, because apparently, poor Tarquin, is the worst donkey you've ever seen in your life. That was only the first bit of the quote. Apparently, you also
0: said, what
1: sort of donkey acting school did you go to?
0: I presume you've been a donkey at back legs at some point in your career. Presumption is the mother of all fuck ups. Being an actor, you know, doing two years training, obviously six months of that would have been uh back end possibly going to the front of the pantomime horse uh you must know the difficulties and appreciate uh, that this apparent mythological Tarquin in your head is having trouble even Timpson do you know how patronizing and condescending that is if, if if Tarquin happens to listen to this podcast god help him uh that's going to damage him for life uh, you have to be over 65 to listen to this podcast. I've made sure that's the case with Apple Podcasts.
1: Fair enough.
0: <laughs> so um, can I just make it clear that I'm not working on a nativity. I'm going back to what I was doing before, which is working on a show in the West End. And that's not the West End of Muswell Hill. you want to just steal all of my finishes? Because <laughs> <laughs> no, that's quite a funny joke, isn't it? No, exactly. Do you want to let me do the jokes? <laughs> I mean, no, but but when, you know, when the audience were expecting you to come in with West End and Muswell Hill, I got there first. That's, uh, you know, it, it'll just pull the rug from under the audience's feet and we'll get an extra laugh. Rather than having ideas, why don't you stick to your 3%? 3%. Yeah. That's the editing. Well, I do 98%. <laughs> Intentional bad maths. Intentional bad maths. I'm glad you pointed that out because I'd forgotten that one. Exactly, it's been it's a while. There's it, been three podcasts in a row and it's actually got really funny now, that joke. See, that's the thing, it's the rule of three. Watch and um, learn. Now you're doing the
1: improv thing, the next thing we need to send you on is a comedy course. I know um, Deborah's doing one.
0: Is it for the over 65s? How did you know? Mm. I still haven't been on a technical course, though, have I? Obviously, why I'm doing the job so badly at the moment because I haven't been on Deborah's technical course. So, Tarquin's the, what, what makes Tarquin the worst donkey you've ever seen? Where, where is this mythical email coming from that you've seen?
1: Why is everything I say in this podcast suddenly mythical? The past three episodes, everything I talk about, you're like, you're making that up. I never had a boat. The boat doesn't exist. We didn't end up moored off Jaywick Sands, mashing it up and have to make a claim. To the everything I say, you pretend is a
0: lie these days. No, there isn't an insurance claim. you not put it in yet? Yeah, there's no boat. There's no Jaywick Sands. You know, it's, did you just deny the existence of Jaywick Sands? You're so Muswell Hill. No, if you were listening, I denied the existence of
1: Jerwick Sands. And I thought Jaywick Sands was quite a good play, so I let it go.
0: So, audio description. Darren got cut off because he's got power. But, uh, we had a bit of a pause, and now uh, he's waving around a cupboard door that seems to have fallen off is that fallen off yeah it's broken off broken off is um what do you call that thing switch box fuse box fuse box that's the one i'm looking for uh have yeah. you fixed the fuse box yeah i'm not sure what's going on I, it's a bit of a day to be
1: honest because my fridge is broken i'm wondering if it's connected uh well maybe you've not yeah. been dusting yeah how likely is that that's not even a funny joke is it it is, actually, and I think we'd have got
0: a, quite a big audience reaction to that joke. I'm based definitely on, on my game this morning. Based on what? Based on me making a joke of the fact that your fuse box door's fallen off and your fridge has obviously stopped because of all the dust down the back of it. Yeah, not it's not funny, is it? It is, actually. It's very funny. Ooh. Well, Well, let's just wait for the feedback, shall we, next week? All right, good. I look forward to the feedback section. And you've got a smart jacket on today. Why have you got a smart jacket on? I've been in meetings all morning. Oh, so you put a jacket on to look as if you're in a meeting. Yeah, exactly. Is that an expensive jacket?
1: It depends, isn't it? Because my version, living in Forest Hill, being a working class boy from Essex, of an expensive jacket is probably very different from somebody <laughs> who spends most of their life on a yacht, although not at the moment, obviously, because the insurance claim's going through, uh, who lives in Muswell Hill. So the nativity set on the streets of Muswell Hill. <laughs> Keeping it real, as much as one can keep anything real in Muswell Hill.
0: Apparently it was in the Muswell Hill shops and in Woodland Huts. It's now well, moved to the streets. Well, no, that's... Oh,
1: by, I meant that in a sort of metaphoric sort of analogy sort of way. I didn't mean it literal. There, there are a couple of scenes in the streets as well, obviously. Isn't it sort of kind of like promenade Don't you take people on, on, on walks and stuff? You put everyone in the fluorescent little visors jacket things so that everyone's safe and and it's kind of and you promenade through uh, some might say mints uh through the streets of muswell hill at one point too you walk from the school i think to planet organic hollywood and then i think there's you do something in i didn't know if i don't know if you got permission for this in the end but i know one of your ideas was you were going to do something in the cinema um and then you were hoping for like a sort of breaking the bread scene in in sainsbury's
0: it is amazing how much you know about Muzzle Hill. You know about Sainsbury's, you know about the church, you know about the cinema, you know about Highgate Woods and the Hut. You know about, what was the other thing you brought up? Well, we had the bike shop, didn't we, in the past episode, which I still haven't seen. Because um, I don't know anything about Forest Hill. I couldn't tell you with one single shop in Forest Hill.
1: You're snobby, prejudice. you're like most North Londoners. You're like really snobby and prejudiced and never travel south of the river because you all still try to pretend that there's no transport links which is like a 35 year old anecdote that racist prejudiced people uh use as an excuse not to live in the real world
0: yeah it's lucky you haven't got any other friends in muzzle hill isn't it i do you know what it's because i work as a
1: therapist it's like almost every therapist I've ever met in my life lives in Muswell Hill. Or Highgate. <laughs> Highgate, Muswell Hill. Oh, what do you do for a living? I'm a therapist. Really, where do you live? Highgate. Oh, really? What do you do for a living? I'm a therapist. Oh,
0: where do you live? Muswell Hill. But you, also you battle on with your little bike to your therapy room. You leave South London and you there's go no, to other places.
1: There's nothing little about my bike, thank you very
0: much. Yeah, it's one of those little fold-up
1: things. No, it isn't. You've forgotten every podcast episode we've ever done.
0: Is that unusual, that I've forgotten every podcast we've ever done? I haven't actually, I've been re-listening to them anyway. I'm on four, I think.
1: What have you discovered?
0: That every every single joke that we have going, practically every single joke we are going, all came up in the first episode.
1: Like any true, beautiful writing, absolutely.
0: How's your colostomy bag? No, it's not now. You see, it's not a colostomy bag, is it? It's a you... You
1: know, lost the new bank.
0: Yeah, because you had to make a formal public apology about that, didn't you?
1: One of the few that I've made on this podcast.
0: You see, the other thing that I've realised is your mind is—you just don't forget anything. Yeah, but it's my job, though, isn't it? Um, I don't know. Can you? Do you need to be trained to be like that, or is your mind already like that? We're going into is acting inherent now. Arnold, on. I think it's time we should get Arnold into the studio. I don't think every therapist can have a mind as sharp as yours. You train yourself and you make notes and you remind yourself and you do the things you need to do, but you have a very, very sharp retention. And is it inherent? The big change is there were, we did have some serious bits and then they all seem to have just gone out the window.
1: No, that's not true. I take all of this very seriously. <laughs> I, and I actually find that quite insulting. I take every moment of every podcast very seriously. No, what we had was a pretense that we were going to talk about subjects. But what became apparent very quickly, very obviously, was that you don't have the capacity to talk in depth about anything. So instead, what we've had to do is just dance around your ineptitude.
0: So going back to the nativity and um, the promenade performance, uh, apparently with uh, shiny orange suits, um, I think you're muddling that up with uh, something that went on at Gateshead. No, what I think is
1: lovely is that because you, you, there is a part of you that wants to grow and develop and learn, you, you, you do steal a lot of my ideas.
0: Oh, I see, okay.
1: Plagiarism is the greatest form of flattery and despite how much I dislike you, I'm alright with the fact
0: that you steal all of my good ideas. So we could say that's about adaptation, couldn't we? It's the ceiling of ideas.
1: Well, we could. I think we should. Do you know what I'm
0: very excited about? No, tell me. Or do I say yes? Do I say yes or do I say no to that question? No, the answer's no, but it's positive no, because it then leads you on to be yeah. able to answer the question. So in our communication
1: training class 101, what's happening now is what you're touching on, which is a lovely bit of PGD, is it's a no and, yeah, so what you want to do, Stephen is like you don't just want to say no if you're doing good improvisation, if you're doing good listening, good podcasting, good being with another human, you want to ask a secondary question, so no, why don't you tell me about that or no, why don't you tell me about that? Can you sound less like a robot though
0: i think I think I need to do some acting lessons really. I'm back in the theater, and I really need to have some acting talk lessons. to, talk to Debbie, shall we Shall we? Should we get her on? I, I would love to have Debbie on personally. Yeah, let's get Debbie on. I'll have a word with her. I know she's busy. Uh, she's got a lot on, but let's have a word with her. Well, hopefully, she's too busy. But there we go. So, how is your online dating going? Football oh, with <laughs> Stevie.
1: Um, Thank you so much, uh, Lisa the Silent Goat. Uh, I couldn't agree more passionately about the beauty that is West Ham at the moment. Uh, What else, Stephen Tombstone, are you
0: passionate about? Oh, yeah, that reminds me. Did my birthday present come through the post addressed to Stephen Tombstone? Yes. We haven't talked about my shitty birthday presents, have we? Who got you shitty birthday presents? Well, you, you got me a worst present ever. And B, uh, something I didn't need or want that had a swear word on it and therefore I can't give it to the charity shop.
1: So you're pretending that the birthday presents that I got you weren't rather spectacular. How much of the podcast do you want to waste to this moment? Let's do multiple choice. A, two minutes. B, most of the rest of the podcast. Or six, speak your truth. A, two minutes. All right, go on. Let's spend two minutes you pretending that the presents that I got you weren't, as the presents that I always get you and everyone else, beautifully personal, beautiful, spectacular and just amazing as I am.
0: So one was the worst gift ever. Not sure how that's spectacular or beautiful in any way whatsoever. And the other had a swear word on it so I can't give it to the charity shop
1: now you're just saying the words that you said earlier on and they're even less interesting because you're saying them a second time because
0: I'm I'm telling the truth I've nothing I've stated there is not truthful if you want to elaborate for the listeners on what the gifts were I'm leaving you the space I'm
1: willing to indulge this little pretense that actually you didn't love your birthday presents because you're so clearly showing yourself up right now It's beautiful. So
0: one of- One of them was a pair of socks and the other was one oven mitt. Don't say it like there should have been two. Well, of course there should be two. I mean, when you're getting a baking tray of food, which I do regularly, because I cook in a roasting tin, out of the oven, what use is one baking mitt?
1: Your other hand should be free. You shouldn't have two baking mitts on. If you're cooking properly, you should have one free hand, one baking mitt.
0: Well, for a, for a big tray that you're pulling out of the oven with food in it, a heavy tray.
1: Yeah, if you did a little bit more exercise, if you did your couch to potato 5k a little bit more often, you'd have a bit more core strength, uh, you'd be a little bit more able, a little bit less unable.
0: If you did your health and safety in the kitchen uh, course, which obviously you haven't, you would know that's not a safe thing too.
1: Have you done your health and safety uh, risk assessment on the nativity? It's an done eight hours of health and safety and other things. Because it must be a bit risky taking, doing the promenading down Muswell Hill because you've got all of those Chelsea tractors.
0: So getting back to the birthday present, because we haven't quite had the two minutes yet, the other present was socks. They were socks labelled the worst gift ever. That was the point of them. Precisely. So nothing I've said isn't truthful. Should we leave it up to the listeners if they see those presents as being spectacular? Oh, the the one MIT said had a picture of a nineteen sort of fifties housewifey woman on it saying, "Get out of my fucking kitchen." Beautiful gift. Beautiful gift. So thank you for those. They were lovely, and I don't think I ever thanked you for them. No, you fucking didn't. I've been busy. Have you? Yeah, working on the nativity.
1: oil at high temperature turns it to nasty trans fat. Only use olive oil at room temperature. Instead, we should be going back to good old-fashioned butter for our cooking.
0: Oh, now I did find that useful because I use a lot of olive oil and I was aware it did something at high temperatures but I didn't know that's what it did. And it's quite hard to use it at room temperature when you're cooking with it in the oven. Uh, in the baking tray that you uh, have to get out with one hand because you've only got one oven mitt. So um, in future I might be putting butter into the baking tray instead of olive oil. Good segue, I like it. I like the way you connect. You're almost connecting ideas. It's like almost like
1: you're a functioning adult. You kind of connected ideas right there, didn't you? Talking of
0: functioning adults, have we got a sex fact? I've got a sex fact. Mm, Thank goodness.
1: Uh, a study by a Brazilian university found that dolphins, uh, their intercourse usually lasts for no more than 10 seconds. That's, I mean, that's twice as long as you, Stephen uh, uh But the thing with dolphins, which is unlike you, is that they can repeat it several times during an hour. Have we lost the
0: sex fact, man?
1: Well, we haven't, but I thought it was time we had a dolphin sex fact and the sex factor being a real sex factor was a bit resistant to doing a dolphin sex fact. So I thought I'd bring a dolphin sex fact.
0: There's so many layers I want to unpick there, but uh, I won't. Shall we, shall we carry on? Oh, can we carry on?
1: Should we build on your impro training, the course that you did? Should we do a bit of impro? I
0: haven't done any impro course.
1: No, you did some impro on the course that you just went on. That was clear in the last episode of the podcast. You? Mm,
0: I thought I kept my head down and avoided all of it. The art
1: that you were producing in the last episode was phenomenal.
0: Well, that's what Mrs Plover commented on. She was very impressed.
1: You got something to play, or are you just being annoying? Both. Right. So can you annoyingly play it then? This is Mrs Plover again. I just wanted to let you know that I set you a little test in my last phone call for your broadcast.
0: I mispronounced a word. I
1: wonder if you can tell which one it was
0: and what that word
1: really means.
0: It's a test. It's a test. toodle Mrs Malaprop.
1: So, do you know what the word was? I didn't understand a word she said. said, It's funny that, isn't it? What the fuck? Can you translate, interpret, but don't use as many words as she used to say what she wasn't saying?
0: Basically, she incorrectly pronounced a word last episode and is testing us to know what the word was. Nice. Can I just say that is my favorite, my
1: absolute favorite, uh, Mrs. Plover phone call? That is that because it was
0: 32 seconds?
1: That's because it was 32 seconds. I loved that more than anything else that's ever happened. In the whole of this podcast.
0: Right. So, uh, for the listeners who are interested, because a lot of listeners are very keen on what Mrs. Glover says, obviously, uh, even if you're not. No, um,
1: I, I just can't understand what she says.
0: That's pretty nice, isn't it? Um, she said propiliquity, and what she meant was, and I prop in prop Oh, God. Prop <laughs> Clear
1: Poof. clear Poof. clear,
0: Poof. all right, I'm just gonna cut all that, just stop. can we announce that this joke is dead? so uh she said proper liquidity and what she meant is propinquity so if you knew your Shakespeare you would know the speech by King Lear which I'm now going to read in my best Shakespearean act away because this is why we're linking this into impro and Mrs Plover it's all coming together beautifully so I'm going to do some acting now so this is Lear's speech from King Lear by William Shakespeare have you left now oh no you're still there it's nice
1: I've emotionally left Lear's speech It's quite a long one so if you want to go and get yourself a drink oh please don't do the whole fucking thing can you get to the point
0: let it be so thy truth then be thy dower for by the sacred radiance of the sun the mysteries of hecate and the night by all the operation of the orbs from whom we do exist and cease to be here i disclaim all my paternal care propinquity and property of blood. And as a stranger to my heart and me, hold thee from this forever. Yeah, a round of applause would have been nice, but no chance of that, of course. OK, well, if you're just going to be silent, I'm going to carry on and do another quote. This is from uh, P.G. Woodhouse's book, Right Ho Jeeves. Bertie Worcester asks, What do you call it when two people of opposite sexes are bunged together in close association in a secluded spot, meeting each other every day and seeing a lot of each other? To which Jeeves replies, is propinquity the word you wish, sir? Bertie says, it is. I stake everything on propinquity, Jeeves. So obviously it's a very important word that's crossed uh, centuries, between Peachy Woodhouse and Shakespeare. So I just wanted to make that completely clear to our audience that Mrs. Uh, Plover pronounced it incorrectly. Right, you can come back from your little world that you've drifted off into now. Making notes, obviously.
1: I've, I've lost the will to live, sorry.
0: Right, good. So when we do my acting course, we could work on that speech, couldn't we? I think that's such a good idea. I thought you'd say that right let's get Debs on and obviously I'm a similar age to King Lear and everything yeah everything gravitas mental uh, state
1: mental and emotional state exactly
0: so that will make it easier for me I think
1: uh, actually I think if you uh read one of the earlier editions of of King Lear um he was from Muswell Hill oh yeah, was he it's not that I mean that's not very well known Uh, You have to know a lot about Shakespeare to know that. Uh, He was from Muswell. So
0: we've got a new section this week. Have we? uh, Which I thought you would have done by now, but obviously you haven't. So I'm going to have to do it. Okay, thank you. Um yeah, this is the, uh, I, I thought we'd be hearing more of this and I was waiting for you to cue it in, but you haven't bothered. So this is the Which Accolade Has Stephen Received This Week section. So the um, Which Accolade Has
1: Stephen Received This Week section has a one minute jingle. Yeah, it was
0: very important, isn't it? A one minute
1: jingle. Mm hmm.
0: Would you like to now take over because this is obviously handing over to you to tell our audience? So can I just check? What accolade
1: has Stephen received this week's section?
0: Yeah, that was the accolade music. That was the like the red the red carpet music. It's
1: one minute long. Yeah. How long is our podcast generally?
0: So would you like to introduce the listeners to the new section what accolades have Stephen received this week
1: I will first of all I'd like to know how long is our podcast generally
0: it's about 34 minutes don't about, care
1: about 34 minutes you don't care Yeah.
0: What accolade have you received this week? No, you're not asking me, you're telling the listeners, you're the bloody one that gave
1: it to me. Welcome everybody to this week's edition of What accolade has Stephen received this week? So everybody, you may be asking, you may be interested to know what accolade has Stephen received this week? Well, that's what this section is about. So what we're about to find out is what accolade has Stephen received this week? Any second now, we will find out what acc- what accolade did you receive this week, Stephen?
0: You've genuinely forgotten the accolade that you gave to me this or last week.
1: Uh, so you may be asking, you may want to know, what accolade has Stephen received this week? Stephen Timpson uh, has received uh, the ultimate accolade. He has been invited onto the advisory board for Damn Cheek. God, that was painful. How amazing is that? How amazing is that? Amazing, especially as he has no ideas, let alone advice.
0: Right? Have you got anything else? Have you got sponsorship? I'm just so embarrassed by that section. It was a complete disaster. Uh, I'm humiliated. Um, I just don't know what to say. Uh, have I got anything else? I've got an itch. Right, no Brendan, no Deborah Bon mcfitty Stop listing the things we're not doing. Should we do the promote? Oh, can we, please? Genuine promote or indulgent gloat. Shall we toss the coin? Tails.
1: Uh, that's an indulgent gloat. Last week I jumped in, you told me off. Do you have an indulgent gloat? No, but I'm sure you've got one. OK, so no, uh, so I think I might have the third subsection, which is an appropriate quote about Katie Taylor and her online Zoom show, which is called Lost and Found, which she's co-producing with Damn Cheek. Uh, it is um, an amazing and phenomenal uh, online theatre show for an audience of one person only. Katie who is this phenomenal creative performance artist she received some money from the Arts Council to develop this show about intimacy then uh obviously pandemic happened and so the show has grown and melded and changed and morphed into this beautiful online experience for an audience of one um about the things that have been lost and found during pandemic and basically it's a beautiful Uh, experience about touch and intimacy. And it's sold out, which is
0: amazing. Lovely. Well, I I didn't get that given to me as a birthday present, obviously, but um, I I shall be using my uh, one oven mitt, probably at some point during the the run of Lost and Found. Now, uh, one final question before you go. Have you got any drilling?
1: Sorry, somebody walked past the window. It's like... (laughs) Interesting. They had, like... It's the lady and she left her eggs in the rain and then she wore a flag on the back of her bike. Then there was some dust on my fridge. Uh, Then nothing else happened.
0: It's very popular, my podcast. I
1: get nothing from this podcast other than... Uh, an anal
0: itch propinquity where else can you waste 40 minutes of your life listening to anal itches and propinquity that was nothing to see here with Darren and Stephen the accolade episode and I'd just like to take this opportunity to congratulate myself on my accolade Thank you for listening. Muna Mana. Uh, don't sigh. Yes, dear. The audience don't need to know that, it's not funny. Don't do that with your tongue.